Silence! It's time! It's time! It's time for another episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Can you dig it, sucker? Grab a cinder scratch, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a cinder scratch, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a cinder scratch, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a six pack, sit back and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Holy Joe, welcome to episode 363 of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, always, I'm Tyler. Join me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Cables. What's up, buddy? Salutations, everyone. Yeah, I'm doing pretty damn well, to be honest with you. I have been playing a lot of games. I have been just delving into, like, uh, movie buying, you know, just trying to expand mm-hmm. a little bit more of the media consumption stuff while on turn, just doing random exercises, walking, just the norm stuff. But uh, other than that, I just keep my mind occupied. But other than that, though, how have you been doing, Tyler? Uh, doing okay, as usual. Uh, you know, nothing too too exciting. Uh, took a car in a shop today. It's going to cost about a grand to get fixed, so that's oh. pretty awesome. Oh. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Well, about a lot more than we thought it would be. Let's just say that. Um, so that's something we get to, we get to pay for now. Um, uh, our state uh, partially reopened today, so that's pretty awesome. Our, our county mainly. So... Uh, restaurants are allowed to be fifty percent full. Uh, tattoo parlors, um, hair hairs like hair, you know, great clips, shit like that, are allowed to be open um, with you know fifty percent capacity, shit like that. So that's pretty shitty. Um, I drove by like a few restaurants this evening, and uh, there was a decent amount of cars outside of them. Um, some of the bars too. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, we're screwed. So, good times, good times, Gables. Oh and, man. I feel sorry for those people. I mean, honestly, I don't feel sorry for them. I feel sorry for their families. Yeah, like they're potentially being, you know, unknowingly or un- un- unable to be avoid. You know, I don't. Well, what, what, well that's just the thing, though. It's like uh, I understand the I understand the the whole aspect in general where people just want to go out. You know, just go up to like say restaurants, this and that, and this and that. You know, but. They are making the conscious decision to go out and stuff, but I just hope they're wearing masks and washing their hands and stuff. Yeah, I'm just, you know, like we're, Courtney and I were talking about, like, I mean, they're reopening stuff, but I don't feel comfortable going anywhere for at least a month and probably yeah, longer, like, just to see where we're at. It's like, I don't know, would I rather, have, rather not have a deadly disease or would I rather go and overpay for shitty food at Applebee's? And I didn't mean to rhyme, but I did. <laughs> um, so. I'm with you there, man. I'm kind of the same way. I really do not like being inside of uh, large retailers or like large groups of people right at the moment, mm. despite people being bored inside the house and wanting to try to go every freaking day. Yeah, you know it's ridiculous. I mean, you go out, you get your national, you get your like uh, very essential stuff. You go back home. You know, it's. I mean, yeah. hell, you know, it's just. Mm, just a lot of people just don't make any sense, to be perfectly honest with you. No, no. Um, so I, I, I try to avoid the news uh, as best I can. Well, like, 
I try to feel. I want to know the what I have to know. It's a get in, get out. No, you need to know. You know what I mean? Because um, uh, otherwise, I just get uh, I get anxiety and angry. Um, what, what, what's your state doing right now? Well, for the statewide, there's experimenting with like having the stage one of sort of like reopening at the mm-hmm. uh, at that level and seeing where things go. Inside of my county, there has been like an increase, maybe like about a few people. But it hasn't really been an extreme amount. But the governor of Washington State is keeping a close eye on the situation itself. They're easing up restrictions a little bit by bit. But I honestly do not know like when they'll go through and lift all the restriction stuff. I personally do not see them doing so maybe until the end of summer. Yeah. It could be something similar to how California is where it's like because it's like people August didn't. August 1st. Yeah, because people didn't listen. Which, you know what, was going to happen anyway. They weren't going to... People didn't listen, and so they extended the whole thing in California by three months. But I haven't heard anything else in regards to any extensions. All that I've been hearing is, like, maybe the end of May, potentially. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of where I was at least hoping was just... Let's just pick the June 1st at this point, but fortunately we're not doing that, so... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just pretty disappointing to see when you like drive by like a tattoo parlor and it's the parking lot's full, or a restaurant and the parking lot's you know half full, and you you, see, you go on Facebook and shit like that. And you see a bunch of people going out to eat, celebrating. It's like, okay, cool, and congratulations. If I don't know, I don't want to like I don't know. It's just I, I just it makes me it pisses me off. I mean, I get it. Like, I'd, I'd love to, like, you know, we, we haven't had a proper date in, like, over two months now. So, it'd be nice to have one. Right. But it's also, like I said, I'd rather, you know, be alive. And you, Uber Eats and Grubhub is a thing. So, we, we'll get by on the like, majority of the places we want to go to. We At go the to end of the meeting. day, your health is more important than mm. pleasure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, we'll just, you know, I mean, it sucks paying the extra money to get stuff delivered to you, but if we really want that badly, we'll just, you know, we'll do that. I don't know. But, uh, Gables, it's been an interesting month, gaming-wise. <laughs> um, Already it's been interesting, yes. Yeah, so, like, we, I'm I'm still a little bummed out about E3. Because I, I like, because it's, it's, it's nice because you know it's coming and you get excited. It's like Christmas, you know, I always say, like, a lot of people say it. it's like Christmas for video games and news mostly. And you know it's coming, and you have the you have those three days in mind. Well, now it's it's kind of gone longer, but mainly those three days in mind of like we're gonna get a bunch of awesome news, a bunch of cool shit's gonna happen, and you, like you just you put on the calendar, you know it's gonna happen, um, and you love that. But it's it's been, it's been kind of cool like lately where it's like we just get random shadow drops of shit. We get like hey, check back in two days because we're gonna have a, we're gonna have announcements to make or like. Jeff Keighley was like, hey, check, come tomorrow. We're going to have an announcement for you. And then IGN, that same, uh, on the, the next day, was like, hey, check us out in the morning. We have a, 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 a big thing to show you. And it's just been, and then it's Friday night as of this recording. It was like last night. It's just like, or yesterday morning, I wake up and I, I go on YouTube. Um, and, the, you know, I see the Paper Mario announcement. And then we have the state of play. And it's just been it's been it's been pretty crazy. It's like usually in May we start to get a lot of those. Like we get a lot of rumors in May, and we we, we got a decent amount of rumors out there. But um, we always get a lot of rumors and shit like that because the E three is coming up, and there's leaks out there, and there's always like, ooh, what this happened? And like we always get like, 
And it's always that, much like when like a Nintendo Direct gets announced, it's like we all go crazy and overanalyze it and think we 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 make like like all oh, realistically like the most unrealistic thing can happen in our brains. We can make it, we can twist it in our brain and make it sound like it's gonna work. And I just you know, and we we get that a lot. And it's like now we don't, we're not really having that so much. And it's been pretty great. And I, you know, it's it's like so we're probably gonna have like. Well, there's like the Jeff Keighley's Summer Summer Games Fest, I believe is what it's called. IGN's got their uh, event. I can't remember what it's called. GameSpot has their event. And uh, so like we pretty much have all these cool things happening. Um, and a couple things we have dates for like, as far as like events happening. But it's been pretty awesome. Like just last week was pretty crazy. This week has been even, I think, maybe even crazier um, as far as the shit that's been just randomly dropped on us. Um, I don't know, but... It, I, I, like it sucks not having those days to look forward to, but it's kind of like, it's like I you know, I think I know what it's like to be Jewish. Instead of <laughs> one big day of gift giving, we get you know not I, mean, I guess not eight days of gift giving, but it's like you know what I mean. It's like we get four months of like every day can potentially be a big gift for us. I don't. I mean we we've kind of talked before. Like, uh, would you rather have? I mean, say this keeps up and we have, let's say the next three months, like uh, May, June, July. Like every year, it's just like we get random announcements every day, or just sometimes maybe oh, we get oh two days check back for a state of play or something like that. Would you are you liking this more right now, or are you are you kind of wishing we still had that E three to look forward to? Before I answer, let me just say, in E three in general, we're so used to having a lot of news and information poured at us all at once in the span of a week. In this sort of structure now, because of the whole COVID stuff that's forced every other company, gaming-wise, to sprinkle this information throughout stuff, I'm actually getting a lot more information and would notice a lot more of the stuff that initially would be fit into in a week, as opposed to, you know, how it's doing, like, right now. So I'm more or less supporting how we have this format right at the moment. I honestly feel like this is probably the way this is going to go for the future. Because I do not see, I do not personally see any of the gaming companies, say like Sony, Microsoft, EA, Ubisoft, going back to that old E3 format, personally. Because it's much more beneficial if a company goes through and announces when they're comfortable to do so. And because Jeff Keighley's been doing a fantastic job and like scoring those exclusive, not just reveals, but the whole like gameplay esque type of event that he's orchestrated because of his connections within the gaming industry it's felt much more together more cohesive in terms of an, an actual summer event more so than it is like say a week out of june and then that's it for the rest mm. of the year <laughs> yeah i mean that's a good point too because we always like we look forward to e3 and like e3 is a crazy week and may is a good month for like news and like things to be excited for that first couple weeks of June is pretty crazy. But then we always get into that, like that summer doldrums is what we talked about. Like every like we've been doing this for almost seven years now, by the way. Um, yes. Our seven year anniversary is a couple weeks away. Um, but we always talk about like, I mean, it's been, it's been better like the last this, I think it's been better the last three or four years where like games actually get released in June, July and like the beginning of August where it used to be, it was like, like March and then like holidays was pretty much it. And like, if you, you got holiday, you got like indie games that keep you going a little bit, maybe. I mean, I remember a lot of podcasts in the early days of the show where it's just like, 
Well, we have one topic. It's barely anything. We have an hour to kill. Let's kill it. And it was just us, you know, I mean, some of our best content came out of that, but like, as far as like going into a show, having an idea what to talk about, sometimes like these shows are easier to talk, like to, you know, when you got to fill a certain amount of time to do. But I mean, just looking at it from a, as a fan part of it, though, where like, you're right, like it sucks. Like, it's awesome having that, like that early, that, 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 that one week or whatever it is, three, four days event. But like you were saying, like, have it spread out. You can focus more on those things. So that, I mean, that's that's definitely great to put the way we put it. We're like, I mean, we we'll, would we'll, watch the the um, EA event. And it's like, well, that was awesome. But in two hours, Microsoft's going, and then in three hours, uh, fucking Bethesda's going, and then in the morning, uh, uh, I don't know, fucking Sony's going out. I mean, I know it's not right, but you know what I mean. Like, we we've how many times it we we would record six seven podcasts in four days. Um, and it was just like, you just, like you were saying, like you would gloss over a lot of these games, you like, especially Xboxes, they show, we have 58 games to to show off more games than any other press conference. And you would only remember like 10 of them. Yeah. Um, so it's like, like you were saying, like, um, yeah, like these games are going to get a little more focused on these are, I mean, some of these, like the games we're going to talk about today are bigger than, um, you know, like the average shows out there, but it gives, especially just like last week, we, we, we complained about like the event, the Xbox's third-party event thing. The we we complain about the messaging of it, but the games we don't. I don't think a lot of us had complaints about. It's like, it's like I, I felt like it was just like these are potentially eleven or I think it was eleven or thirteen really cool games in there, but it was just put in a bad spot. Really, it um, was hyped up terribly. Yeah, yeah, that's and how it felt. No, no fault of their own. It was unfortunately right. It was more Microsoft's doing and Ubisoft's doing as well. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I guess we can just jump right into it with, um, uh, where should we start? Uh, cause there's, I don't know. There's not really like an obvious, like one thing to start at. Uh, let's start with like j- how July 17th can be a pretty big day. So, um, first thing, uh, we had a, uh, Sony announced on Tuesday that we we're going to have a state of play, uh, on Thursday for, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, it was, I think about 18 minutes long of just straight gameplay. Uh, and they, they showed off a lot of, I mean, for the first time, really, we ever, we actually saw like some straight gameplay. Like we've seen clips here and there and we've seen like a, like a couple E3 threes ago. We saw like, like that five minute gameplay, but we really haven't seen a lot of that game. It's just sit down and watch a lot of gameplay. I mean, I, the way it started off was like, it definitely gave me that breath of the breath of the wild vibes where he's like, he's standing on top of that cliff and he's just looking down. And it's just like he's just looking at the trees and the grass, and it's just the wind's blowing. Like, uh, it, I was like, the first thing I'm like, okay, this, this, okay, this, they're obviously trying to give you that. This is like Breath of the Wild, but um, I don't know. Like, what did you, what did you think of that uh, state of play, Eagles? For Ghost of Tsushima, that state of play was a fantastic showing of what this game is going to be offering. We've heard next to nothing in terms of the gameplay in regards to Ghost of Tsushima up until this point, this past week. Some may argue that it definitely is a little bit later, considering that the game is only a couple months out before release. However, I felt that what Sony showed was definitely a great experience that is going to be releasing fairly soon. I loved a lot of the intricate elements inside this game 
from decorating your samurai in regards to like collecting specific materials and then just like dressing up, just customize it by your style without even having to like say purchase certain cosmetics in order to edit your character because of you know how stupid some of those microtransactions can be. I like that. I like the elements of the two different types of game style, the di different types of play styles, pardon me. You either have like the regular, kind of like hero sort of-esque style to where it's like, kind of like a traditional like samurai where you're going through, you challenge like, you challenge others to like a duel. It felt like to me that a lot of the combat for that style was more counter, more prediction based to where kind of similar in other fighting in other types of action games sort of like a Batman Arkham Asylum to where you have to wait until say an enemy goes through tries to attack you you press a certain button press and then you counter and do like a precision strike or any type of precision nest stuff I really loved how fluid the game felt especially when they introduced the second gameplay style which was the ghost where you go through an entirely different scenario to where you're playing through the same village at night that they showed in the tech demo here. Well, not the tech mm -hmm. demo, but the actual gameplay demo. And here you are, you can go through, it's like stalk a whole bunch of different people, you can go through and execute, you can go through and assassinate different people, you could quintessentially go and just scare the shit out of <laughs> like uh, the enemies so badly that they're trying to escape from you and all this other stuff, you know? Just, honest to God, it just looks like a enjoyable experience from what I've seen. The game obviously looks beautiful. I love the aspect of there's different filters for this game, which mm. kind of caught me off guard towards yeah. more akin to the old Japanese films, those black and white films yeah. that people yeah. loved and enjoyed. It's interesting that you brought up kind of like a sort of reminiscent of, say, of a Breath of a Wild type of feel because of the whole span out I actually kind of got a different vibe from it I kind of got okay. the vibe of uh, sort of like those old like uh, samurai films you know sort of yeah, yeah. you know from back in the day and then like just it kind of reminded me of like certain certain shows I've watched growing up like say like certain anime certain just movies in general like say a Kung Fu Hustle or like Roroni Kenshin that's in that's Basically, that's an entire anime that I used to watch growing up as a teenager that dealt with a warrior having to redeem himself after slaughtering a whole bunch of, like, uh, soldiers from this, like, this Meiji war in, like, Tokyo and all this other stuff. I may not be clear the specifics of that setting, so don't flame me. But, <laughs> at the same time, that type of element and that type of feel is what I am interested in, in terms of, like, a setting. At the end of the day, I felt the state of play was well represented. I felt that I will be picking this game up most definitely whenever it drops on July 17th. And honestly, yeah, that's pretty much it. What did you think about it? Um, we kind of discussed a little bit before the show, but I mean, for me, this like I, I've had this game pre-ordered for a while on on I pre-ordered digitally a while back, but it was like one of those. Games, it's just mainly because I, I like I trust. Like I I I mentioned a while ago, like the PlayStation has a style of like their first party games, their exclusives, uh, like the third person action game. Like they have a style, and for the most part, this generation of the ones that I mean, the ones that have interested me, like I've had I've been hyped for. I I think I've loved all of them besides Days Gone. 
Um, I've been in Death Stranding, but I mean that's a completely different type of game. But like, and so I, I have trust that this game is gonna be good. Um, and I went from like this is a game okay, what we've we seen okay, this game looks like it's gonna be. I th- I feel like it's gonna be a good game at least. And then I saw this, I'm just like this went from a, a game I think it's gonna be good to like I'm sitting I'm watching this and I'm just like I'm getting like that kind of like God of War vibes where like God of War is was my game of the decade. Sure, I'm not. I'm not saying it's gonna be that good, but I'm. I'm getting that kind of like that feels where it's gonna be in that, that category, or it's gonna be just a notch below that category. Or like I went from, all right, this game. I, I'm looking forward to playing this. It's gonna be a fun experience. I'm. I'm. I'm hoping. I'm hoping to be a fun time. To like, I want this game in my hands now. Like I cannot wait. Like I am jazzed. Like it is. Like I don't like anything can match the heights of like where I was with Doom Eternal and uh uh where i am right now with last of us 2 and that like that hype level but it's getting it's like it's about there right now and maybe after i beat last of us 2 i'll be i'll be that'll be like you know because i'm i have i know i have last of us 2 in, a, in a, about a month um so when that's when that's over and i'm sitting there waiting for that like, i'm gonna i'll probably be at that level but um yeah this oh, man it blew me away with this gameplay i love everything about what they showed with just like 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 I was saying, you're standing on top of the cliff. You get that Breath of the Wild uh, vibes. You, the um, the like going up and just having that mono a mono like uh, fight with with somebody. I, I love that. I love that when games do that. When they like we always talk about like we like with that big fight feel. And it's like that. Like I'm like oh, I fucking love that. I hope I hope they mm-hmm. I hope it's not like something they do all the time and they save it for certain fights. Like I don't want it to be like I can just walk up to any random dude and have that. Like I want to have like like I want to have that like that boss fight or like build it up to something, um, but yeah I, man like I love like the idea of like you know like the wind tells you where to go you don't have to go for the horse to like you can grab things, um, I mean still games even recently have had that. Um, so wait a minute, the, so the wind actually motions you kind of signals you what direction yeah, you should be going. So so you pick a waypoint, and instead of having like big arrow telling you to go here or uh, like a mini map to, to show you where to go like you can press a button and the wind will like will blow and you can see like with the, with the, like the grass and the trees or the way they flow that's mm-hmm. like telling you which direction to go like you pick the waypoint you want to go and I hadn't that, noticed like, that detail <laughs> yeah so it's kind of like a quick it's like a, it's kind of a cool thing where it's like a little like, oh like I you know it's like I'm, where am I? I'm lost where I need to go and you click a button I don't know what button it is but you click a button and the wind blows east and oh, okay that's where i gotta go you just go that way um and then like the fact that like randomly like birds will show up and like you can just like that's how you go off the beaten path and then a fox will show up and it'll take you off to a beaten path and you can pet the fox i mean let's not even, <laughs> I, I can spend 45 minutes on with the fact you can pet a fox like that that was if i wasn't sold in the game then now i'm definitely sold in the goddamn game because you can pet a fucking fox um but yeah this Man, this game looks gorgeous. It's only gonna look better when we're playing. You know, we both have a pro now. Um, when we're playing on the pro with an HDR, because man, those fucking colors pop with with um, with HDR and the pros. Uh, and like I've talked about before, like Horizon Zero Dawn and Gears Five, are, like the two games that have blown me away. And God of War too, as well. Um, but those two, those first two specifically, like blew me away with the way they look with that HDR and that color. Um, and I just can't fucking wait. To play that game because that game looks gorgeous and stunning. The way, the style, oh man! Like, 
It's it's got everything. It's it's got the God of War feels. It's got the Breath of the Wild feels. It's got the fucking Assassin's Creed. It's got all the right feels that I want. And it seems like they do a good job of incorporating them together and making its own game and making things different in it. And that's like something I I, I complained about with Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order, whereas like it just felt like it took a bunch of stuff from other games but didn't incorporate it like and make it its own game. It's just like. Oh, we're gonna take this here, and they just made the, and they take this here, and take this here, and they just made Frankenstein's monster into a game. It was still a good game, but it wasn't, you know, what you want. We were what I was hoping for. Um, but going back to this game, it's oh, man, like, yeah, this is. It went from like this. This would probably be a f- really fun game experience. So like, this looks like game of the year contender. Like this looks awesome, and I. Uh, like I'm not, I've never, I've never been a big sucker punch guy. Like I think the only thing I've ever played from them is the last. Ah uh, oh shit, what is it called? What's the what's the game? That, the last game they made of this generation, which is crazy to think, from 2014. Um, Infamous. Infamous, yeah, that's nuts to think. That game came out in like April or March of 2014, and we haven't had anything from them since, other than the DLC. Oh yeah, the first light stuff with the fetch. yeah, 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 and like it's crazy to think that that like this is like the first thing we've got them in over six years now um it shows yeah but yeah definitely i mean i'm not complaining at all but it's just like that's crazy but yeah i've never been a sucker punch guy at all and, and not like i just never played the, the other infamous games it's not so much in, like i've disliked their games but yeah i am extremely excited for this um, oh yeah speaking of go, go ahead I was, I was just saying oh yeah you know it's like sucker punch is known for making quality games either mm-hmm. be it from the sly cooper series infamous Definitely, this is going to be exciting with Ghost of Tsushima. Yes. Um, but sticking with games releasing on July 17th, um, what we mentioned earlier, Paper Mario Origami King was randomly uh, announced on on Twitter and YouTube um, yesterday morning. It comes out July 17th. Uh, we got a, about a two and a half minute trailer. Uh, not a lot of gameplay, uh, but it looks like in this one, like you, uh, like, Princess Peach is origami and something like basically she's like someone's taking her place and she's like evil now but she's not actually evil but there's some imposter basically and you have to actually work together with uh, Bowser which is kind of funny because it looks like he's just like been folded up and too like all you can see is his nose and his eyes um, and you have to fight your way back I'm assuming to uh, you know, take, take, take down the imposter but um uh, I don't know, we, we both watched it. You posted a thing on Facebook about it, and I kind of commented, oh, God, please be good. Um, and this has been a rumor for a while now. Like, this came out a few months ago about, like, there's going to be a Paper Mario this year. And also, there's, there's a, along with that rumor, was we're going to get a 2D, 2D Metroid game for the Switch this year. So that's even more and more likely. But sticking with the Paper Mario thing for now, um, what did you think of this trailer? I felt that it presented much more promise than Color Splash when that was initially announced. Yeah. That's how I personally feel about it. The game in and of itself has a lot of potential. It looks like, from what I've seen, it looks like it's going to be a good game. I have not seen a lot of the combat. However, the aesthetics of the whole origami and the whole paper style kind of mesh together looks very creative. It looks like there's going to be a bunch of interesting problem-solving stuff. It retains a lot of the humor from the Paper Mario series. And even though Paper Mario, that series, has not had really a decent Paper Mario game, in my opinion, since Super Paper Mario, it definitely 
provides me with a lot more excitement that I've had in Paper Mario for a hell of a long time. And it's kind of sucks that both Ghost of Tsushima and Paper Mario, the Origami King, released the same day, but this yes. may this may be the second time this year Well, I'll buy two games on one day with uh, the previous being Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and Doom Eternal. And now the second one's probably going to be Paper Mario, the Origami King, and freaking Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> Yeah. Two polar opposite games. Nintendo really doesn't want you to play your new PS4 Pro at all. They're like, oh, uh, Gables, Gables has a PS4 Pro now? Well, we're releasing Animal Crossing on the same day as Doom. And then, fuck him, he, we're, we're also going to release uh, fucking Origami King on the same day as Goshima. So hopefully, man. I mean, something, something big will probably get released on June 19th with, alongside Last of Us 2 now. But, um, yeah, I'm... Like I'll, when I first watched it, I was like, "Okay, this looks good. They're bringing it back." But I've like in time, I've watched it three or four times now. Like I'm just like, "Okay." Like there's like 20 seconds of gameplay through this whole thing, and I'm just like, "I know they, they've gotten me before," you know. With like, I'm like, "There's no like." I remember even like reviews came out and like people were saying, um, "Sticker Star was like not very good. It's like a seven kind of game." Like, there's no way it's bad. There's no way. And I played it. I'm like, this is bad. And then I was like, with Pipper Jams came out, the Mario Luigi game, I'm like, oh, this has got to be great. They're bringing it back. They got it. They nailed it. And it came out. And I'm like, this is not fun at all. Like, I played it for a little bit. I got, I'm just like, this is not what I wanted. And came walked away from it. Color Splash, I went into it. I'm just like, I'm going to take the wait and see approach of what people say. And I remember Justin came back and he's just like, I'm loving this game. But he never played a uh, Pip Mario game before. And I was just like, like everything he was. Remember, I remember we were like, we were like, having like a, a real argument about it. it was like I don't understand what you guys just like about this and we were explaining it to him and then like he was like 20 hours in he's like I get it I understand for like why you don't like this and I'm like I mean like you know I was like yeah this is I mean you go because you know like I said you never played one before it's like we played the cream of the crop with 64 and I, I didn't play much 64 but Thousand Year Door is like you know the pinnacle of that franchise and like you mentioned even the Super Paper Mario like that game was good it was different that was you know but it was still good um, I, and I enjoyed mm-hmm. it, and that was like a really fun early day Wii game um, that that gets kind of glossed over. But um, I just I'm I'm definitely like I would this is like something I was like I'm gonna go pre-order this right now. And then like when I first saw that trailer, and then I was just like I thought about it. I was like they've got me before, and it's like I was thinking about it. I'm like looking at I watched those trailers again and again, and it's like I'm not seeing a lot of the things I want to see from this. It's like yeah, yeah, like. Sticker Star and um, uh, Color Splash, they have the combat that we enjoy, but they took away, like, the RPG mechanics of it. It's, like, that's one of the main things, like, like you destroyed the whole, like, battling the battling system. Like, you took away the whole point of the battling system in those games. And it's, like, like the whole sticker system and Sticker Star was awful. Um, you're just wasting resources for no reason to battle. Like, battling was... They made battling pointless, so you just basically walk through a game. Um, Color Splash seemed like there was some cool shit there. It's just... I didn't want to play through the game part of like I want to just like watch the stuff and not play it. Um, so oh, man, I just I hope to God this is good. I hope it is. I would I, I'm gonna wait for reviews. I want so badly to buy to buy this game. I want I I want to buy this game so goddamn bad. But I just I cannot in good faith right now like pre-order this is not a game I'm going to be pre-ordering I know like oh don't pre-order games stupid and I understand that because like, I pre-order it's on me but 
Um, it's it's so hard, Gables, because it's just we've been burned many times, really, since like what? Well, when did Sicker start? Our uh, Thousand Year Door come out like 2003? No, no, 2000, no. 2001. Super Paper Mario came out. No, it's Super oh. Paper Mario uh, Thousand Year Door. Oh, Thousand Year Door came out around 2003. You're correct okay, about that. Yeah, okay. But I mean, I remember. I I still remember vividly playing through that game for the first time. And like getting to the part with like the with the, like the wrestling part, and I'm like, this is fucking awesome, and like just that whole like mo- like getting to the final boss, being the final boss, like I loved all that shit. So I just hope they can kind of like bring me back to that um, a little bit. But uh, there is a couple things that I would like to say in regards to this trailer. Well, for one, oh man, I lost one of my train of thoughts for one of my questions, but. Well, for one, there were a couple of references, not just inside the video itself, but also in the screenshots. One at the very end of that Paper Mario video, there was a tease for Metroid with Mario with a Samus helmet. Yep. That was obviously placed there, and that was definitely a hint by Nintendo, in my honest opinion, that of things to come. But another hint was something that wasn't yep. even in the video at all, but was in the screenshots. Oh, okay, okay, and the okay, one I see and the one that I caught, the one that I initially saw, there's an enemy that Mario fights. This gigantic blooper, and you know where that gigantic blooper reminds me of? Hmm. That giant blooper was a creature you battled in Super Mario Sunshine. Hmm. <laughs> it's. Well, to be perfectly honest, for those listening, Super Mario Sunshine was released in 2002 for the Nintendo GameCube. One of the enemies inside of the one of the water worlds, inside of Super Mario Sunshine, you battled against this gigantic blooper where you had to pull the cork out of its freaking uh, mouth. This exact same enemy is inside of this new Paper Mario game, and it kind of, kind of suggests to me that there's just subtle little hints and references to possible games that are going to be released later on. I mean, Tyler and Nathan, you've hit the nail on the head where we've had rumors of a potential 2D Metroid potentially releasing this year. But we've also had rumors of the whole remastered or like re-releases of like the whole Mario games for Mario's 35th anniversary this year. And Super Mario Sunshine was definitely one of those games. Yeah. So that has me excited for even further announcements now by Nintendo because it supports the motion, the notion, not the motion, but it just supports things in general to potentially maybe having that type of a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if um, if you didn't notice in the uh, Metroid part when he's wearing the helmet, in the corner is a Donkey Kong. Yes, I saw that too. Okay. That's, so, I mean, there was also a little Donkey Kong head too. So yeah. it's. It's you can take that as you will, but it's it's interesting how they're just hiding little bits of references. Yeah. And you want to know what's even more hilarious? It's actually a reference to Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I saw that <laughs> inside yeah. of there. Oh with, well, uh, I'm uh, I'm uh, what was it? I'm Goomba or something like that, and it's like no, 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 no. Oh, it's okay. basically Mario and a Babam are like sitting, just mm. like uh, being transferred That's and right. stuff. It's and I think it was more or less on the lines of it's like hello, my name is Babam or something like yeah. that. Oh, it's that same scene where, like, in the original Final Fantasy VII, when, like, Barrett and, like, uh, Cloud are on that friggin', like, train and stuff going through and, like, being transferred yeah, <laughs> out um, of the sector I, slums or something. Yeah, here it is. I, I'm looking it up right now. It's, yeah, it's the Babom. I, I was thinking it was a Goomba. It's Babom and Mario in a train. It says, me? Well, I'm Babom. 
And yep. then it's it, in the original Final Fantasy VII. It's like me. Well, I'm Barrett. It's it's Cloud and Barrett sitting in a in a train together. So I thought that was really neat. I thought that was pretty fucking hilarious. Cool I saw enough. that on Twitter and I just started laughing. He's like, they made a reference to Final Fantasy VII inside of this game. Yeah, yeah you could that. tell that the North American writers, localizers, had some fun with this game. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um. Yeah, let's 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 hope. But I want to stick with Nintendo real fast because I don't I, I don't know much there is to say on this one. But um, but potentially maybe we have a uh, Pikmin three uh, deluxe coming. Um, so there's a guy named Jeff Grubbs. He has been um, killing it with rumors lately. As far as like. He's saying things right. He he he's the one that came up with the Paper Mario and the Metroid. Oh, that's something I want to talk about. Do you, do you think with this happening, are you feeling more um, confident that the two day two day uh, Metroid game is happening this year? That's a hard one to say. There is definitely support that a two D Metroid may potentially release by the end of this year. However, I'm really not a hundred percent sure. I know we got the reference inside of uh, the Paper Mario trailer that we watched a couple days ago. And yeah, it's been a part of the rumor mill for a while. But uh, as far as releasing this year, I I don't... I want it to happen, but maybe it's going to be pushed back to next year. <laughs> That's yeah. what I think. Okay. Um, I, I'm definitely thinking that's, that the two-day Metroid thing is happening. Yeah, but I'm like... With everything going on in Nintendo, seems to be like they are struggling the hardest with the uh, uh, the big three uh, console makers um, uh, as far as the home the work from home transition and everything like that. Like, yep, uh, a lot of shit's been kind of up up in flux right now. But uh, uh, so it's it's kind of come out with with uh, this guy Jeff Grubb, like I was saying and he, in his article about the new Paper Mario game. He mentioned that um, we should be getting alongside the 3D Mario remasters. Should also include a Pikmin three deluxe. Um, where I don't know, like, do you think this? So like, the Pikmin franchise has always been kind of like that weird um, redhead stepchild of the uh, Nintendo, uh, like, I guess group of uh, their first party games. Uh, I mean, do you think this would be a big deal? And do you think this is happening? Like, where are you at with this? It continues on to the pattern of Wii U exclusives making their way to the Switch. So, yeah, I think this is 100% possible. Especially, even though we've heard from Miyamoto saying Pikmin 4 has been well into development, I feel like at this point that they've put it on the sidelines because they wanted to see how Pikmin 3 will potentially do sales-wise on the Switch. That's honestly how I feel about it. I feel like that Pikmin 3 Deluxe probably more than likely is a thing and it makes a hell of a lot of sense as you've had a whole bunch of different Wii U exclusives making their way onto the Switch and really what left? What else do we have left to transfer from that system? I can think of three games. Super Mario 3D World, Pikmin 3, and the original Splatoon. <laughs> Personally, that's what I think. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't foresee the, um, the, the original Splatoon happening like really any anytime soon um i i cause especially with splatoon 2 happening and basically all the levels being incorporated in like splatoon 2 was really splatoon 1.5 um it was really like they just added a, like a new story mode and a couple new maps and that was kind of the, the, what they did um but uh yeah i i 
it makes sense, I guess, to have it happen. Like we, like you said, we've definitely run out of those, um, those Wii U ports. Like 3D World is the last one, um, which sounds like it's pretty much a sure for sure thing happening this later this year. Um, I think, like you're right, Pikmin 3 is probably the last real decent one that'll happen. Um, yeah, I, hmm. and it's weird, especially with, you know, like Pikmin 4 was like supposedly almost done four years ago. But uh, when when uh, when Miyamoto announced that it was in development, and he said it was close to being done, and it's like all we've we've gotten since then was that weird 3DS game, and like what it was like 2017, I want to say, um, roughly, yeah. And we've heard nothing since. The only thing we know, like the the rumor is that like that they ran into an issue with Pikmin 4, and they ended up just basically not so much scrapping it, but they had to like start from the ground up and uh, start with. Uh, like a whole new engine so it's been kind of uh you know in a way it's been restarted almost essentially like a, a big chunk of it has been from the ground up working on it so uh hopefully we get something soon i've never been a big pikman fan but i feel like it's definitely like it's a franchise that's got some juice in it and put, like with some love like could can be one of the big ones up there like you saw what they were like splatoon like was like a game no one ever heard of and then it came out, and it's like now it's it's not a Mario or a Zelda, but it's it's right there, you know, like a category below it. It's up there with the Metroids and all that. Like it's like if it, like I feel like and, and Pikmin's like a couple notches below that, where it's like it's not quite F Zero, but it's not far off. Um, so I'm hoping that you know, I would love to see it come back. I I love the idea. I feel like if Pikmin Three Deluxe happens, like I wouldn't be surprised if not too far off. Pikmin 4 is, is there too, maybe like a year or so later. Because, um, I mean, Pikmin 3 came out and it, it reviewed well. People enjoyed it. Um, it just it was on a dead system. It came out early on a system that was already dead. Um, I don't know. Well, let's hope so. But we're gonna, we got one more Nintendo topic I want to talk about before we move on. Uh, Smash Ultimate uh, has has been dropped by Evo this year with, with uh, everything going on. Evo, one of the biggest fighting game events of the year. Um, probably the fighting event of the year. Um, they're going to an online uh, mode uh, this year where everything's going to be done over the internet. Um, and Smash Ultimate has been a drop from this year. Um, I mean, I'm not, we're not big, I'm not a huge fighting game watcher at all. I definitely like to, like, every now and again, I like to, like, watch, like, clips of, like, Smash Brothers. Uh, like, it's, it's fun to see because I am not a very good fighting game uh, person. Like, but I enjoy playing those games. But so it's fun to watch people that can actually play those games competently, uh, play those games. Um, but I don't know, Gables. Like, I know you're a little bit more of a fan of that than I am. Uh, where, where are you at with this whole Smash Ultimate being dropped? Not surprised, honestly. The online mode for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is subpar at best. But that's akin to Nintendo's online service in general. Yeah. Their netcode and everything is not the most reliable. Hell, even playing games say like Chester, Tetris ninety nine. When I, that game came out and stuff, I had oh, issues yeah. with connections and everything else. So it really makes a lot of sense to me that the representatives, that the representatives of Evo, were to drop that in favor of other games, say like Skullgirls, Second Encore, and like uh, hell, what was the other one that I was thinking of? Well, well, it'll come to me sooner or later. But uh, to be perfectly honest with you, it's it's. It's kind of a shame, because Smash Ultimate was the ending game 
for the event last year mm-hmm. that was immensely popular. People enjoyed it. They were people tuned in just to see it. Though because of how everything is now with the whole COVID nineteen stuff, it's one of those sacrifices that had to be made in terms of uh, in order to incorporate not just more games but just try to get as much quality for this type of tournament possible. Even though for an average fighting game fan, you know it's like playing games online, fighting against other people online, it's not going to be a seamless experience. You're going to have lag, you're going to have input delay, you're going to have connection issues, and I look forward to watching EVO this year, more or less, because this is something that has not been done before in all their years of existing. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely no choice, and it's, it's sad. Like, I think the first thing a lot of us, like, when I saw this, was when Evo was going to be a digital event. I'm like, well, how the fuck are they going to do Like, it's tough already to play, like, these games online. Like, it's like that's, like, the game. I mean, fighting games are probably the most important games to, like, have good mm-hmm. internet on and work well. Like, they had to run smoothly. And it's, like, Smash is, like, I, I haven't tried playing Smash online since probably a month after it came out. And so probably, like, January 2018? 2019? 2019. Um, so, to see this is like it's like they really didn't have much of a choice like they could not i mean we got like street fighter and you got all these tech and you got all these big games out there like that do it well and even they're concerned about those one the best of the best it's like how you yep. can work with one that fucking runs like dog shit um they don't they didn't have a choice so i don't know precision it's, it's a is key yeah that's definitely. the thing precision is key yeah and they even talk about like people like playing like um you know fighting games on playstation now is unreliable so it's like that's supposed to be a top end thing, so I don't know. Um, it sucks, but I, I I don't blame them whatsoever for doing it. It's it's the only decision they can make because I feel like whoever wins that is gonna have an asterisk next to their name forever. So it's better, it's best just not to have it than to have an asterisk next to your name. Um, but moving on, getting out of the Nintendo topics for a little bit here. Um, Tony Hawk, uh, uh Pro Skater One and Two Remastered uh, was announced as well. It's coming out September September fourth, which is Tony Hawk's birthday. And it's going to be 40 bucks unless you want to buy the $100 edition that comes with the skateboard. Um, it has, it's going to have all the the original uh, maps. It's going to have uh, all the original skateboarders. It's going to have the original soundtracks. It's it's even got the original ne- uh, code from Neversoft. And they're just, they're using that code uh, and making it very pretty with 4K. Um, but we've both seen this trailer. Yables, where are you at with this goddamn beautiful masterpiece? I'm all in. This is directed from the same team that helped create... Actually, a little fun fact. The company that's behind creating these remasters for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 were the same team that actually adapted the game to the Game Boy Advance, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Oh, okay. So, I trust their pedigree in regards to this. Oh, man. (laughs) Man, I, I have the original Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 on PlayStation. I've had that since... I first started playing games on the PlayStation, and goddamn, it's still a fantastic game. However, with this announcement this past week, I am just getting that need now to play some more Tony Hawk, and I have not had that sensation in years. So when September comes around, there's no qualms of me spending 40 bucks and playing a game, playing games 
that I was playing when I was a teenager. <laughs> the yeah. whole 99 to 2002, that whole sh- that whole like scenario and stuff. I played those games when they first released. I rented them. I got them like as gifts and stuff. So I played the original Tony Hawk's Pro Skater all the way up to Tony Hawk's Underground on the GameCube. I played through, beat all of them, and I completed all of them because I loved them so much. <laughs> so this is definitely going to be one of those blasts from the past that I'm going to enjoy visiting, revisiting. Just hope the quality is there. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm definitely in that same boat where, like, um, you know, I had – did I ever – I don't remember if I owned Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1, but I definitely played it a lot on PlayStation back in the day. Um and I, you know, really enjoy. Obviously, I remember Warehouse. It's the most popular map on of all, pretty much probably all Tony Hawk games. Um, I was playing that one a lot, but Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three was the one I really like have like that nostalgia for. So like that would be the one I'm most excited for if if they did a Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three uh, remaster. But you know, sticking with this, like I'm definitely all in for like if this is like the beginning of bringing back uh, that Tony Hawk franchise. Like we we've all talked like. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5, like, we all saw it coming. Like, this game is going to be ass. And we all knew it was going to be ass before it happened and it came out. And it was indeed ass. Um, so it's, it's it's nice to be excited for the for Tony Hawk for the first time in a long, long, long time. Like, like you were like you were talking about, like, you played them all through Thug. Um, I, I really started that Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. played that game for years on GameCube. Uh, enjoyed 4, but I was still love 3. Thug, I can't tell you how many times I probably beat that game more than any other game besides Resident Evil 4. Like, I remember I, I think I beat that game at least a dozen times. It's up there uh, as far as like the games I beat the most. Um, like, I just absolutely love that fucking that game. And they actually have a story mode and all that. Uh, Thug 2 was was fine. The whole Jackass thing I did not care for though. Um, but I, I still beat that game multiple times. Um, and then like, like I think like a lot of people like within that. 360 generation kicked in with American Wasteland. That's kind of when I fell off a little bit. Um, and then I, what was that really shitty one that's, that launched with the Wii? Um, <laughs> you, you just grinded. It was a oh racing one. Oh, my gosh. What was it called? Downhill I remember, Jam. Downhill Jam. Fuck that goddamn game. I remember I got that for uh, Christmas, the year the, the Wii launched. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be fucking badass. And it was the biggest piece of trash that I played since got him a side truck the month earlier, uh, which is also <laughs> a giant piece of trash. Uh, and before that, I don't think I've ever played a giant piece of trash that badly besides those two games. And then there was that weird Tony Hawk ride game that no one bought or played when they're like, Oh, people love rock band. Now nah, I want a skateboard that sits on your floor. That'd be fun. Um, so I don't know. And then there was that, they did that Tony Hawk, uh, HD game that just wasn't very good. It just didn't. It just wasn't right. It, I remember buying that. So fucking excited for it. Probably the last time I've been excited for a Tony Hawk game was then. That was like I want to say like 2012, 2011, and it just it didn't. It just it didn't feel right. Um, so yeah, I, I watched that. The music hit. Oh fuck, man. I, I just I, I I I can't. I I God damn, Gables. This needs to be good. It needs to be right. It needs to be done. Yes, right. it does. I and I feel like the people there for it, like you said. Um, are there for it like they got the right people in they got the right code to work on this game like they have no excuses for this game not to be good um so yeah oh boy Ooh-wee. gables 
It's very fucking good. Because I'm going to be disappointed. And if you if you pre-order digitally, you can play the warehouse demo here sometime this summer. So hmm. um, here's what I'm thinking is I'm going to pre-order digitally and I'm going to play that the fuck out of that demo. And if it's terrible or it's not very good, I'm just going to cancel the demo or cancel the pre-order. Boom. Done. Yep. So that goal takes 15 minutes to go on there and cancel your pre-order. That's all I'm going to do. Um, but um, moving on to we kind of we it's kind of thought about last week. EA had is having EA play June 11th. Um, and Cyberpunk uh, uh, also have one on June 11th. But Ubisoft uh, is having theirs on July 12th. It's called Ubisoft Forward, uh, and they're going to show off a bunch of their games for the rest of the probably the rest of the year. And, and they actually have one unannounced game that's happening sometime at uh, the beginning of next year. Uh, so because they announced they have five big games coming out um, through the through the end of March of next year. Uh, Assassin's Creed's on that list. Um, there's the there's the Rainbow Six Quarantine, which will probably have a name name change here soon. Uh, there's Watch Dogs is the third one, and I'm having a brain. F- oh, Gods and Monsters uh, is the other one, and there's one more that we don't know about yet that's supposed to be released. Um, so I mean, uh, Ubisoft has a weird up and down thing, like where you um, hate fucks your way through Wildlands. Um, I've had a love hate relationship with the Assassin's Creed games. Um, I don't know. I, I think we're both curious about this, but how excited are you for this? I have a moderate excitement about this whole Ubisoft press conference in July. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't know what to expect. I got minimal expectations, and it's just kind of like that, that level where they may... It excites me that there's something that's under wraps. However, I'm a stock supporter of gameplay, so if the gameplay's good, then I'll be more excited. Yeah. I think this will be the first time we'll see actual real Assassin's Creed Valhalla um, gameplay, uh, not the bullshit we got last week. Um, I'm, I'm I cannot wait to see Gods and Monsters gameplay because that was like I always I always pound on people that they get excited about a brand new franchise and like ooh and it's like there's no gameplay it's all cinematic trailer but it's like everything I've heard about people talking about Gods and Monsters I am excited like that sounds amazing it's like they're own version of a Breath of the Wild game. And I'm just like, everything I've heard about people talking about it sounds awesome. So I'm hoping we get some good play, uh, some good gameplay on it. It's supposed to come out um, this summer, but got, obviously got delayed till next year. Um, but yeah, I, I, man, I hope, I hope it's happening. I hope we get some gameplay on that. And I'm curious what that, what that fifth game is going to be. Like, uh, is it going to be like something we know is a new franchise? Cause I mean, they're keen on like, they'll just randomly like, they will probably take more chances than any other big third-party uh, company out there. Like they'll just release like there was that. What was the? Oh shit! What was the snowboarding one they announced? Randomly. Oh my gosh! I... Yeah, something like that. Slope. Slide. Whatever, and it didn't happen. Anyways, came out. No one give a shit about it. But they they take chances. I I love that and I respect that. Like the, they like there was that weird pirate one they announced a few years ago. We haven't seen in, in a couple of years now. Because like everybody's like, hey, that game doesn't look very good, and then people play the game, and hey, this game doesn't play very good, and it's not very fun. So that, I guess it's, they've gone back and they've done a lot of changes to it, and maybe that's the fifth game. Possibly. Um, I'm hoping that I'm crossing my fingers, but I, I don't think it is. But if it's a Mario Rabbits two, I'd be fucking pumped for that. Um, move over everything else because that's my game for the next month. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I hope. I'm, I'm, I look forward to it because I feel like a lot of times Ubisoft is definitely like they're like the the most unknown 
as far as like what they can be. Like when it comes to E3 time, like they're always that one where it's like they've had some of the worst, most boring fucking press conferences, but they've also had some of the most exciting press conferences and some cool, some of the coolest moments have come from them. So I'm, I'm, I'm cross my fingers that they're good and uh, there's cool shit coming out of it and Valhalla is as good as it, as it possibly can be. Um, but moving on to our last topic for this show, uh, we had that um, weird IGN, like, hey, go check back tomorrow. We have, we have some big show off and it was the Unreal 5 engine tech demo. Um, then come out, come find out later on. It's actually going to be running. Uh, this is what it's going to look like when it comes to PS5. But it's also, uh, oddly enough, been announced that it's going to work on the Series X and the Switch. But um, the big thing was it's going to be something that works on the uh, PS5. It's it's being built around the PS5 uh, hardware. Um, but uh, the big thing is they said it's it's going to come out in uh, early 2021, kind of like in a, in a beta phase, and then be fully released at the end of 2021. But it's being worked out, so it'll, you can if you're working on a game that's an Unreal, Unreal Engine 4, can seamlessly be brought up to five. Um, but we both watched this. Um, what did what did you what did you think of that tech demo? Let's see. For that tech demo, there's something I do want to say in regards to it, to where I feel that people are under the uh, false impression that this is exactly what we're going to be expecting immediately when PS5 and like Series X launches, which honestly it's not going to be the case. But even so, for Unreal Engine 5, I noticed there's a bunch of different aspects of uh, of that, uh, the features and stuff that were presented inside of the whole showing. The elements of shadowing, like through ray tracing, through the consistency of the frame rates and stuff, and even like the intricate subtleties, like say stepping through puddles and stuff, and you see like the ripples and the effect, you know, kind of realistically like... But uh, what was more impressive is seeing like how many like individual like geometry things that they were able to just fit in in regards to these particular like stalactites in these one particular section that they were showcasing to where it's like you just they literally just switch it to like how much the geometry is worked into this and you see all these intricate little freaking like triangles and just fit into this <laughs> huge thing it was like oh Jesus Christ that took so long just to generate all of that stuff but. Uh, Ultimately, it's kind of interesting to know that that presentation was presented like in a 1440p in terms of like resolution, but it made it feel like something next generation in terms of the the intricate ways the shadowing was done. It almost looked like ray tracing was present, like I was saying previously. I thought the the whole tech demo looked good. However, I feel like that we're probably not going to get... We're probably not going to see the initial effects of these this full-on intricacy of this engine probably in, for like another couple of years. <laughs> but uh, that's what I got out of it. Tyler, what did you think of it? Um, I think I'm mostly on board where I think this is somewhere everybody's got to like... This is the the part, the hard part of like showing off the new generation of game uh, consoles. Like, you got to show them a reason of why they'd be excited for these next this next gen. But you don't want to tell them the part where like, hey, this is going to take a few years to get to. Because oh yeah, the, the main issue is it's not so much an issue, but I understand why business wise when they do it. Where it's like a lot of games that are going to be coming out the next the first few years of this generation are games that are replayable on last generation. So they got to find well, exactly. that middle ground. So it's it's really not until like so the the say the consoles come out this year, 
probably not until 2022 is when we're going to start seeing games like, or not even start seeing games, but games are really going to be fully being developed for the next, like these current consoles that we're going to be having. Yep. So it's, it's really not until like you look at the last few years, like 20, really like 2017, 2019, 2020, where it's like we started to actually start to see like that, the, the power of the PS4 and the Xbox series, the Xbox one. And then the Xbox, the pro and the one X, um, even still, like you look at like, uh, like you could definitely tell that like the pro played through Final Fantasy VII, and I think it was struggling with Final Fantasy VII, um, and just the thirty-five thousand things you have to like crawl underneath so they can secretly load the rest of the game for you. Um, the the, the pop-ins you see a lot in, those, in that game, um, and the long loading times you see in games today, um, like it's just. That's where we're at. And it's going to take a while before we get there. Um, so I, I, I love what we saw. It definitely gets me a little more excited because, like, I know we're going to have more powerful consoles, but it's like it's it's cool to actually see it. You know, like it's fun to actually like because we see we'll see stuff and it's like oh that looks awesome, but it actually like you look at like you think about like that the Xbox One and PS4 like the first thing they showed up gameplay like it didn't it didn't even it doesn't even look um, back then as good as it looks now. So like they've actually like over like promise and like what, what it can look like um, back when they showed them off originally like the games that looked nearly that as good but where they are now and where they were when they showed them off then like it's far and away better um, but yeah, it's cool to see like what, we're, what we can look forward to I, I, I understand like the uh, the way they kind of showed it off and the, like what they didn't flat out tell us I get the business reasons behind that um, but I think a lot of people are going to be pissed off this uh, this this fall, if the you know the new consoles do come out, and they don't look like that, like it's definitely setting up a. Um, oh, it will a, happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely gonna happen, but like, it, I don't know. It's it's that weird uh, area where where they're in. It's like we don't want to say, hey, because otherwise people are gonna wait two three years to get these new consoles and not get them at day on day one or that first couple of years. Um, but it's crazy to think that this was supposed to be a playable demo at GDC that was at. What I think the end of March, so six weeks ago, this is something that should have been played. Um, and like I meant, I forgot to mention this about Ghost of Tsushima, but apparently that was supposed to be like all this stuff was supposed to be shown off in early April. Like IGN have this whole like month long uh, exclusive with with PlayStation to show off Ghost of Tsushima for the month of huh. April. So it's like it's crazy to think all the shit that's been delayed off. Like the the, the Dual Sense controller has been the way that the that being shown off was delayed. Um, Ghost of Tsushima being shown off was delayed. Obviously, like both. Last of Us and Ghost Team have been delayed. The games themselves, so uh, I mean, I, I don't know it's just kind of weird that those that it's been delayed this long. Um, I will say though, that game looked kind of cool, and I mean, I know it's just a tech demo, but part of me hopes that's like, hey, this is a tech demo, but secretly it's actually a full game, or it's a it's a game itself that's coming out. So like, because again, could look like it could be pretty cool. I mean, looking at, taking out like the tech demo part of it, but looking at the gameplay, is this something that, that game you'd be interested in playing? It kind of looked, it kind of looked like a game I would be interested in playing. Honestly, it really reminded me of a cross of either maybe Uncharted, maybe like a uh, mm-hmm. maybe like a Tomb Raider style of action adventure game. So yeah, I would definitely be definitely be more willing to play this game once if it actually was like a legitimate like full on title. Though it all just really depends. It yeah. really depends because I don't think we're gonna see if this game actually is gonna be a real game. 
we probably won't see it until like about 2023. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless it's one of those games that's been in development for a while. But, I mean, like, if they want to put that in Unreal, Unreal Engine 5, that's going to be a, like you said, 2022, 2023 game. But it'd be cool to see, like, hey, remember that game we showed off two years ago? Well, it's actually a thing. Um, but, Gables, we are uh, we found, we made it through all of our topics. It's time to talk about what we've been playing. So, do you want to okay. go first or you want me to go first? Go first, Tyler. All right. So, I finally did it, Gables. Took me a little over a that? month. But uh-huh. I beat Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hey, you beat yeah. a full-on JRPG. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> it, tw- 23-year-old Tyler is, like, fucking dumbfounded right now by that by that statement. Uh, but I did it. Um, and I loved all of it. Uh, I, I talked about, I think it was, like, Chapter 15 as a recording last week. Um, <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. I, I, knew, I know the, the chapters are fairly long. But I did not realize how, how like, we got, them, we got them recording last week. And I sat down, and I'm like, I gotta be close. And I played for like six hours straight after we got on recording. And I looked at, I looked at my phone, and it was like 4.30 in the morning. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, I better go to sleep. But uh, And I was still in like, I just started Chapter 17. Or no, 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 I take that back. I was close to in Chapter 17. But I uh, finally went back, and I played it a couple days later. Uh, able to wrap it up. Um, everything I've said uh, recently, uh, like the last few weeks, has been, it stands true still. Fantastic game. The story's great. It definitely goes fucking crazy in the last, like, two chapters where I'm like, huh? Like, I get the gist of what they're saying, but, like, for someone that didn't, like, there's definitely, like, it's definitely one of those things where if you played the original Final Fantasy VII, I think you would understand kind of what they're doing a little bit more. It's still kind of goofy, but you would understand it a little bit more and what they're trying to do with it. I've gone back and I've, like, listened to podcasts. I've read people talk like what they're saying, but people have played the game like talk about the differences from the like the you know the original game and this game, um, and kind of what they think is going to happen. I don't want to spoil it, but it's um, it was kind of what I thought, but it was like kind of like getting like that uh, the, the some of those spots filled in for me, like um, definitely like make me love the, the ending more and the, the the way it ends up. But I I loved love 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 this game. It's it's crazy to think that this is a game that I had zero interest in from the time it was revealed to literally the the night we were recording when it came out and I was just like I might check it out here later and I bought the game like that next morning and then within five hours I was hooked on that fucking game and it's, it's yeah, like I, I think I finished up I did all the side quests in the game um, that was on there's like other like little tiny side quests you can do but I did the main side quest I guess if that makes any sense. Um, and it took me about 36 hours, I want to say, to finish um, altogether. Uh, oh. So it's it's not, I guess it's not terribly long as far as, far as like other Jerry. It's not Persona 5 where it's 150 hours or anything like that. But it's for me, it's a, it's a decent, that's a that's a lot of time to put into a game. Like I don't, I've never really been a big guy to put a lot of time into, put that much time into a game. It's definitely very, it's a very rare breed of a game to stick with me. Um, to give me to play it that long, um, yeah. This went from a game that I had really no interest in at launch to quickly shot to being probably my game of the year so far. Um, yeah, enjoy this game. Everything about this game is great. Even all like there's like definitely that cringy anime shit that sometimes I'm just like ah, I don't like this. But uh, I was it, it, that's so few and far between. And I, I love the characters. I love the gameplay. I love the story. Um, I can't wait till 2027 when we get Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. <laughs> um, 
So I beat that. I, I, I've played a few couple other games. I mentioned that uh, for my birthday, I got Astral Chain and Predator Hunting Grounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll start with Predator Hunting Grounds. I've only played about six or seven games. Uh, I played like two games as a Predator and the rest as the uh, as one of the regular dudes of the game. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what it's called. Uh, but I'll say this. I definitely enjoy playing as like a regular guy in this game a lot more than the Predator for a couple reasons. One, if it tells you like, hey, if you want to play the Predator, the average wait time is like six minutes. If you want to play as a dude, it's it's um um like forty five seconds at most. Um, so in this one, it's like you have four players as like as regular soldiers, and then one person plays as the uh, the Predator. Um, and then like in it, like you have like as the guys, you have like a mission. You have to go and like kill all these um, um, enemies and stop them from their evil plot, basically. Uh, it's usually the same thing. Like they have like um, gold, like they have like this fake gold or those bombs or something. There's always like some stupid mission you gotta do. Um, but while you're doing this, it's much like the original movie. Like the predator shows up and like starts killing people. Like they like the predator can kill the AI and also I mean they can kill you obviously. Um, it's maybe the same people that made Friday the 13th. Um, and then this one like you know like you, as you like you're doing the missions and uh, you you have the, your mission you want to do and. You make that you, you make noise it attracts predator he finds you and he can kill you he can fuck you up very quickly i found out in my first few matches where uh he went after me and killed me fairly quickly with not a lot of trouble but i also like i've noticed that the predator is not super duper like he, he can definitely fuck you up and do some damage especially if he starts sep- like separating you off you know stick with your group like i did a decent job of sticking with my group but like if he breaks off, like he'll fuck you. If, if he sees you by yourself or you're too far away from your your group, he'll fuck you up and kill you before, like within seconds, like you're fucked. Um, but like he definitely, if he like tries to attack you, like just head on with all four of you there, you can pretty easily kill you, uh, or you can pretty easily kill him. And uh, like he, what's cool is like after he uh, you kill him, he sets off a self destruct uh, bomb, like in the original movie. And like you have to, you have like thirty seconds to escape the blast zone, and then there's other like modes where like I've had other ones where like I never killed them, but there's a chop you have to get to the chopper mode, and like you have to get the you get you get in the chopper and you, you leave. Um, but I mean the the biggest issue is like it takes it seems like it takes a, there's a bit of a learning curve with playing as a predator. Where I had full on games, a couple of games where I just flat out we we did the like after you complete the mission that you have, you can get to the chopper and escape. Um, and or if you kill the predator, you you win as well. That's the two ways to win. Um, and I've I've had a multiple games where we we did the mission, got in the chopper, all four of us left without even seeing the predator. So like he just flat out couldn't find. I don't know if the map was just huge or whatever, but like he just flat out didn't see us. Um, so yeah, like uh, like there, there's definitely that or like like with Friday Thirteenth, like I enjoy the game quite a bit because the maps aren't super huge, but also like I mean you would there's a you're gonna see someone's gonna see uh, Jason throughout that. Like, it's impossible not to, unless he's just absolutely like he. You'd have to try not to find people in that game to like, not actually see anybody or like kill anybody. Um, but like I, I played as the predator. Like it sucks waiting that long, um, and definitely like I ain't killing anybody. I, I got killed in one of them, and the other ones like they they just won. But it, so it definitely is like it's tough to just jump in and play as him. Um, there's some tutorial stuff you can read and, and help you with it, but yeah, there's it's definitely not as easy to pick up uh, Predator as it is to pick up Jason. But I, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Like, if anything, I'll keep playing it just for the. Uh, 
I enjoyed playing as like the soldier part. Um, but right. the other game I've been playing is Astral Chain. Um, playing that. And how was that? Uh, mm. I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm only I've only mm. beat the first three like chapters. They're broken up by chapters. I'm not going to try to explain the story because it makes no goddamn sense. There's like essentially. Oh, I guess I'll try. Like I'll try to sum it up as easily as I can. There's chimera is what they're called. Um, not everybody can see them. They come through weird portals. Uh, and they take people away into their into their world, um, but then you but you and a select group of like of these police like they're in like special task force the best of the best are were able to take these ch- chimeras and make them their own and then they're chained to you and help you fight the the chimeras and you stop them and close the portals and kill them. Uh, that's kind of the gist of it. There's a lot more to it that I tr- quite frankly don't fucking understand. But I've never played a platinum game that has a story that makes like sense really. Um, so par for course on that, but the gameplay itself is incredibly fun. I'm enjoying that. It's it's it, it's definitely on that bayonetta bayonetta level. It's 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 maybe not as like I don't know if I want to put it up with bayonetta two and near automata, but it's I mean like I said, it's, I'm only on. I've only played two and a half hours of it, so uh, I've I've got a ways to go. But uh, I am definitely 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 having a lot of fun with this game. And just playing through it, like it's like the combat that a platinum that I love a lot. Um, I just don't know if I love the world yet. But like I said, I'm early uh, in this game. But uh, it's it's so far it's been a blast to play. Um, but that's that's what I've been playing. What about you, Gables? I've played one game from the last time we've recorded, and that's Persona Five Royal. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay. So <laughs> it's funny. I just made a comment about the, how long the game is. And I was like, yeah, I've been playing Persona Five Royal. Yeah, I've been playing Persona 5 Royal, and i got to admit, I was not expecting how much time I was putting into it, and to be perfectly honest with you, I'm 34 hours in, and it's barely So you beat the tutorial? Been... No. Well, <laughs> I didn't beat the... T- <laughs> I haven't... Actually, I know I'm not even like close to about a... I think I'm actually like around a little bit over a quarter done. I'm at my third palace, so that's hmm. good. So basically, what Persona Five Royal is is that you take you take control of like a ragtag group of like high school kids and stuff, and you go through and you just like uh, as shadow thieves, like you know the shadow thieves and stuff, phantom thieves. That's what I meant. Oh god, it's late. Anyway, <laughs> basically, you play as the phantom thieves. They're just a bunch of group of high school kids. And you're trying to just defeat a whole bunch of beings that are called shadows, right? That are, are hidden inside the depth of like the human heart. So, there's a separate world where you have to battle these shadows, and each and every different palace is represented of someone or, like, something in that regards, that retrospect. So, in terms of the quality, in terms of the overall, like, experience with Persona 5 Royal so far, it's been relatively fantastic. I mean, for one, the whole manga style of, like, art direction, you know, the artistic, like, flair of it. It's very fluid, very stylized looking. It is very easy on the eyes. You go through different, like, districts of uh, parts of Japan, like Shibuya, and, and like, like, yeah, just like, just like places like uh, Shibuya and stuff to where things look great. It's a lot more, like, lively, livelier looking in terms of, like, exploring certain shops and certain aspects and stuff. Let's see. In terms of like the combat, when you're going through and fighting beings, beings in the shadow, like that uh, that shadow world sort of thing, 
I mean, the combat's fair, a little relatively simple, you know? It's a turn-based, like, RPG. You're selecting, like, uh, attacks from a menu, attacking opponents, doing that whole spiel. But uh, what's more interesting is there's this feature, right, that I really enjoy. It's called the Baton Pass feature. Inside of the original Persona 5, you didn't unlock this feature until late. So the difference that I'm seeing right from the get-go is this feature is like pretty much unlocked from the get-go after like a, like a tutorial happens. So quintessentially what a baton pass is, is if you hit an enemy shadow with a element that it's weak against, you have the option to go through and press the R2 button, pass it on to one of your other teammates, and they can go through and chain it up like a whole, like a, this one massive combo, right? So each time you're passing it on, your teammate gets stronger. And he, if he like lands a elemental hit or whatever, like a weakness of another enemy, he could pass it on to another one of his teammates. And so basically you could pass it on in a maximum of like three like three times and get this whole devastating like uh, big old chain attack and stuff to where you could just basically wipe out an entire enemy team on your first turn if you want to. <laughs> if uh, the situation calls for it. But uh, what's also interesting is like other Persona games, there's like other like previous Persona games, I'm more or less thinking of Persona 3 and Persona 4, there's the social link building aspect to where you talk with a whole bunch of different people, you establish sort of like relationships in regards to like just a whole bunch of different things so that when those relationships get stronger, you're able to create like personas that are even stronger, basically. So you earn a bunch of extra experience. And it just basically makes your personas stronger every time you go through and like recreate them. What's also interesting is like the story element of itself. Because this is like a like a big old like a hundred plus hour RPG and stuff, it going through the whole story aspect of it is well, for one, I do not want to spoil it for anyone that's listening in, because Persona 5 Royal, it sounds like a massive game. But you know what a lot of your time's going to be spent doing? You're going to be watching, and you're going to be engaged with a whole bunch of the different elements of the story. It's interesting. It's engaging. There's a lot of mystery, like mystery elements to it. There's a lot of like random deducing and just discovering certain dark like plot points and stuff that you weren't rel- relatively like expecting or any type of topics that you probably wouldn't think twice of inside of a, like a big old video game but yet they delve into some dark topics in that regards to where it feels not only engaging in that respect to keep you interested but it actually encourages you to not only experiment with not just the combat but just experiment with the whole aspect of like also, it's a free thought, more or less, with each type of topic they do go into and, like, just a whole bunch of different, like, story elements and different characters and their backstories. It's it's fascinating to me. It's like watching a TV show while playing it, huh. <laughs> pretty much. That's, yeah. the best, that's the best, like, uh, comparison I can give to it. Because it, it really reminds me of just, like, watching an entire season of a TV show, like, going through all of that, and then just that whole entire series, and then just playing, like, this game and stuff kind of reminds me of that. I'm starting to ramble a bit, but uh, it does it definitely does have the right blend of storytelling and gameplay. But what's also interesting is it allows you to experiment with what type of creatures you can create in order to make yourself stronger. Now, your main character, 
He has this ability to where he can hold multiple different personas. And how you do that is you try to convince these monsters in order to join your side by convincing them by like just negotiating with them. So if you can talk them into joining you, you can earn their little uh you can earn their mask, so on and so forth, to where you have acquired their services and you can do one of a couple different things. You can use them in terms of battling other persona, or you can sacrifice them in order to create a much more powerful persona. And there's a whole bunch of different ways you can do so from like just doing a regular like maybe two creatures at a time, maybe three creatures at a time. Instead of previous Persona games, like Persona 4, I'm mentioning specifically, where you can actually fuse like eight creatures at once. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's the whole experimentation and the whole aspect of it gives you so much choice in order to proceed, like, where you want to go with your party or what you want to do with your whole elements of what Personas you want on your side. And then outside of the whole Battling Shadows stuff is that that social aspect where you basically are tempted and just encouraged to go talk with a whole bunch of different people, establish different like social relationships like you would in real life, then level up those relationships to where you can earn benefits inside of like that whole shadow world. And so the two different worlds like combine themselves almost seamlessly. And it's relatively fascinating. On top of that, you get to go through and level up certain things. I say proficiency, guts, kindness, and like knowledge. And I know there's something else. Oh, guts. I think. I think I said guess twice. But anyway, you can level up those type of aspects and stuff. So what I'm saying is, even though this game is definitely the type of game that will last you for a hell of a long time, like maybe over a month or so, it definitely is well worth it. Like I said before, I started this game like right after, the day after we got done recording the last episode. I'm, I... 34 hours in yeah 34 hours in and before I knew it I was spending like at least 5 or 6 hours a day playing this damn game I'm like whoa (laughs) and the hours flew by like minutes the last time I had a game experience like that was 3 houses last year and maybe a similar effect to where New Horizons was but New Horizons didn't like last consistently in that regards but this definitely is that I can definitely see why people are considering Persona 5 Royal like one of the best JRPGs on the system. But obviously I'm going to be playing a little bit more. Who knows? Maybe I'll have another like 30, 40 hours into this damn game. Then I'll give you a little bit more of an <laughs> incentive of how things have progressed. But uh, I am really enjoying this game. <laughs> that's but good. that's it for me. Very cool, man. Well, um, I think that will wrap us up for the week. Um, thank you so much for joining us. If you have a uh, if you have Facebook, we are on Facebook. Uh, we have a page and group on there. On Twitter, uh, we're on, we're on there. Uh, Twitch on there. YouTube, Spotify. Check us out in all those places. Uh, just look for Drunk Nerds or Drunk Dash Nerds podcast, and you should find us. And in those places, like, join, uh, follow, uh, subscribe, big thumbs up, five star rating, leave comments. More of you guys do that, uh, and also share. More of you guys do that, uh, the better it is for us. It helps us out uh, a lot. Um, yeah, so until next time, I was host, I was Tyler. And I've been Colonel Gables. <laughs> and I've just been Colonel Gables just saying, crack that whip. <laughs> Licorice whip. <laughs>
It totally threw me <laughs> off with the, with the, with the, with the, I'm like, wait, where's the rest of the spiel? I was shaking my head, like looking around, like what's going on? What do I do? I don't know what to do anymore. For years he's done it this way. Uh, oh, I know, I know. It's just that I'm just so fucking exhausted. It's past midnight and I'm like, and my mind is literally just stopping going. Yeah, it, yeah I understand. It's 2.15 here, so I understand completely. But uh, until next time, Gables, too sweet. Too sweet, man. Bye, guys. See ya. beers there anyways we're on itunes now so go on there check us out and if you like us leave us a review and we'll even shout you out and jack will send you his credit card number